What's going on, everybody? This is James Graham, Bass Facts Boys. This is the Facts Project. Today, special guest, Deontay Colbert, author and creator of The Necros. Today, all right, for anybody that didn't see this, this is part one. This is The Necros part one tonight for Nightfall. And today, he just put up his Kickstarter today for issue two. So for anybody that got the book, I, I think I got this book two weeks ago. And first off, appreciate you for being here. Thank you. I know for technical uh, technical difficulties, it took us a while to get to this point, but we are here. <laughs> What's up, brother? Glad to be here. Word, word. So, um, for one, tell everybody uh, about uh, what what we expected from issue one. Now, note before we start, before we start there, you have had the opportunity to put this out. And no, um, I, I I first met you. I think you you heard me on Clubhouse. Yep. And, and um, reached out to me. We did an IG live to I think it was uh maybe around three days. It might have been the day, the same day that you put out uh the Kickstarter for the Necros Part One. And mm-hmm. now here we are, first day for Necros Part Two. <laughs> so um if if you can tell everybody basically um about yourself where you're from and what brought you to the world of dark fantasy in creating the necros definitely so yeah um deontay colbert as you said uh go by the name dc burton pen name um currently live in north carolina in the durham area originally from the dmv so a lot of pride about that, as always. As you should. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've been uh, writing for uh, probably about four years when it comes to writing stories. Um, and specifically with this story, The Necros, this is probably like a three-year-old story uh, that's seen many different forms, went from a short story, uh, evolved, and I knew I wanted to make a comic book. I was like, this is the storyline I definitely want to take. Um, and it was just it just had things that I knew would make it a good story. Some of that action packed, you know, surprises and all of that, that would come together and make for, for a story that might grasp somebody early on, you know? Yeah. Bro. Well, when you, when you first described it to me, uh, you brought up the fact of where, um, Oh man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping over the, uh, the main characters. If you, if you, if you could let us know, Matthias, Right. Matthias. Yeah. Matthew, I'm, I see. I, I got it all messed up. <laughs> I see. I'll be messing up people's names. All right. Matthias is um, is it his brother or more to, more so of a guardian to him? So, uh, yeah, Johan, he's he pretty much is like a brother to him. So he's he's lived with him uh, for for probably the last five years. Um, and they just grew, growing a bomb where they're basically like brothers since Matthias didn't have anybody else during the time. Right. And he has a history with uh, pretty much the beast that we're seeing in this series because um, his father unsuspectingly was killed by one of these creatures. Right, right. So yes, uh, the, the creature, the Necros, that, that this story is named after appears every seven years. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's the duty that some, some people in the village have to go fight it. Uh, and uh, one of the things on, on the cover of issue one, you see the arts that Matthews is sitting on. Uh, that's you destroy the arts, and that's how you get the necros to disappear. That's how you break his tether to the to the world. So um, his father was one of those that was chosen, and uh, 
after after everything that happened, Matthias is just out for revenge in a way, and just out to out to really prove himself by by going out there again. Even though it's something that usually you know, once somebody in your family does it, you wouldn't do it again. This is something that Matthias feels like he has to do. Right. And now Matthias, not only Matthias himself, but this entire village is trained up to the point where they know within these seven years that they have to basically arm themselves, take shelter, pretty much uh, get turned into some type of destructive force because they know that the Necros are coming within the town and it's not going to be pretty because uh, they've taken out family mem- members. There's a legacy behind it, almost like a, a folklore uh, behind most of the beasts within the village to where it's almost like a rite of passage for every, right. male, in the, every male in the vi- village. Not even consequently saying that within every seven years, like, like it, Pennywise from it, they reappear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so and then one, of the, one of the things is if you're inside the village, you're safe. So it does, that's where like that, that attack on Titan comparison usually comes in. Yeah. Uh, you have these seven heralds, which are like the, the gods of this world. And they protect everything inside these walls that they that they created, um, just these borders of, of their cities. Uh, but those who go to the forest, which you know, people have to go out there to get food. You got to eat. You got to get get uh, any of the supplies. Uh, travel to pass messages and all of that. So yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who still need to live by going through the forest. Um, so they just know that you know this is one of them times. I got to be extra careful extra wary anything could happen out here um yeah it can it just, just get real dangerous around those times and they just have to accept that's almost like a part of their 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 cost for what is almost perfect perfection now with the, within the village itself um that th- there's a there's a name for it i forgot because you, it, within the second issue you're creating this map that everybody basically gets to see the entire city for what it is what what, what is the city called yeah, so the city is a ton. So uh, each city is named after one of the heralds. So their herald is uh, Atenu. Um, so their their city, that capital city of that nation, um, yeah, we get to see a, a full map of how it's laid out. Um, we get to get a, a sense of some of the different parts of the city through issue two as well. We get to explore uh, as we go along with the story. So uh, it's, a, it's interesting as I try to build and introduce issue by issue yeah. and try try not to you know never want to make it a, a info dump of any type but just trying to ease the world onto everybody that's reading and uh really make that feel making it feel authentic got you now now within the within the society that's basically built throughout this this storyline uh a lot can happen within those seven years that the necros come and go uh for one there's a lot of people that basically take up arms and defend themselves, but there's also people, I guess, that sort of see the Necros as like almost uh, godlike spiritual beings and take up like a cult following to them. Is, is, right. is that true? Yeah, yeah, that is. So, um, you know, with, with everything, you know, there's going to be people who, who have their own perspective about it. So it's one of those situations where, you know, the guys do what they can to protect, but it becomes one of those things. Well, if the guy, if the gods can't de- defeat this creature or get rid of this creature for us, then is this creature more powerful? Is this who we should, we should be worshiping? Right. So there's just there's, there's that little tie and, and tangle between how should we actually feel about what's going on and, 
and who actually is the most powerful and how do we uh, deal with these things. Yeah, because you probably have people within the village that are basically uh, seeing as, oh, well, well, if we just commit sacrifices to the necros, they'll just leave us alone and everything will be fine. So maybe the weak just have to go and then we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? You see like horror, horror movies like that when they see like a more powerful being or in historical societies where like Mayans, right. Aztec, Aztecs, when they worship the gods and say maybe it was like a drought or something like that, they would sacrifice a virgin or something like that in order to get corn and maize for the season, which was like weird. But this is what they did. Right. It's all based on what you thought up and what made sense to you at the time. Um, right. So, yeah, we get to see uh, a little bit of like, um, you know, especially in issue three and uh, a little bit further on, uh, we get to see a little bit of how that plays out, and how, you know, there are these different factions within society um, that do believe different things. Um, it's not necessarily that, you know, the people in a ton are, are the type of people to kick anybody out. Though. So, uh-huh. you know, we have this society that's supposed to be all accepting. So um, these are people that, that may live around you, even though you may not trust their motives or what they believe. You know, these are people that live around you and um, it can at times create a little bit of tension and how that plays out. Now, if in describing the Necros, do are they are they more so creatures that just show up every seven years or do they just embody? Are they like spirits that embody like um, just random other creatures in order to form themselves and take over? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. So um, in issue one, we get to see a little bit of it, but we get to see the necros, uh, what they call infect. So uh, the necros, I mean, it has a, a physical form, but at the same time, it is a spirit um, and it can sway other spirits and other living creatures. Uh, so we, we get to see a little bit of that in issue one. Um, and, you know, not only does it have a, you know, mental effect, but these, you know, it also leads to some physical alterations um, that can make these animals that are already somewhat dangerous, you know, not only more aggressive, but now more dangerous in their stature and how they move. Um, so it, it can have an effect like that. But the necros itself, um, it kind of forms a body. So uh, in, in the initial, uh, the Nightwalker poster and the metal print that, that came out with the last, with the issue one Kickstarter, Mm-hmm. Um, if you look closely at that, you know, you see a lot of bones, tar, yeah. and his arms almost look like wood. He like pulls together organic matter to craft himself a body. Mm. So like the spirit just forms itself. Exactly. Or it can embody another creature. Cause uh, I remember in those last three pages, there was just a regular deer just walking around the forest. And that deer didn't look like a deer in the last two pages. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, so within the society, of course, there's a, uh, I guess, a not not a full scale army, but so more so like a, a trained up self-defense type army, not necessarily. And no, this is not a time where people are like arming themselves with guns or, or knives or anything. They're in the middle of the forest. It fix. You know what I'm saying? It's more so, uh, you know, both staff fighting as well as uh, like uh, just like guys training up to basically just take on and hand to hand combat more than anything. Right. We're talking swords, bows, shields, 
all that type of stuff. So <laughs> now do we see a more, I guess, uh, a more modern sense of uh, weaponry when they get to um, the city of Atuna? Am, am, am I saying that correctly? A ton. A ton. Yeah. So um, not necessarily more in the sense of like, you know, we get towards guns or anything. We'll see some more special right. uh, weaponry. Yeah, so we'll definitely see them pull out some more whips and sticks, you know, um, some more of the uh, the shiny objects. But um, yeah, I think in, in issue one, we, we really, they really are focusing on during training, especially the, uh, the mental aspect of just trying to be prepared as well as like, you know, really trying to build up that strength. So we don't see a lot of the special tools that they use when they're just doing their day-to-day training. Um, as we get further along, we get to see some of the weapons they actually take out there when they're going to fight something of this stature. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're called hunters because, you know, six, you know, six years, you know, that's all they do. They go out, they hunt, they bring back some food. You know, that seventh year, that's when they really switch to, all right, now we need to use the best of the best to right. really try to fight for our survival. Now, you told me a little secret in the last, uh, <laughs> the last IG Live. Um, um, Matthias's father mm-hmm. is there more references towards him in the second book yes so we get to see uh, a little bit of Matthias at the beginning of issue two just uh, seeing how, it, how he's still haunted by the, the disappearance of his father mm-hmm. um, issue three we get a little further in, into it trying to Build, build up to that a little bit each issue but, um yes yes so um there we get to as we learn to understand matthias more we also get to see more of his backstory to understand you know we understand him in the present but also understand the past that made him this way and that's really the balance that that's struck between these issues um you know 21 pages can 21 22 pages can be really quick so mm-hmm. have to balance it all out but uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, uh, I mean, when it comes to everyone in the city and there, there's some cool characters we get to meet in here. So um, the, the elders will be featured in issue two. And this is the first time we'll, okay. we'll get to meet the elders and that's understanding, okay, now who really runs the town? We know like there's a city, there's this town of people. This town seems pretty well organized and all of that, but who's in charge of this town from that day-to-day aspect? Right. Uh, so we get to see the elders um, get to see Matthias interact with the elders and from issue one we already know Matthias and people in charge don't necessarily get along <laughs> I was going to say so there has to be a little bit of butting heads because you, you're dealing with if, if we're talking about the elders concerned if the, if, the, if the necros show up every seven years and these people are of a certain age they pretty much figured out a way for themselves them however many there are you said there's three correct uh, three four three. Three, uh, three elders. There's uh, actually uh, five, or yeah, five elders. So they, they've uh, they've obviously figured out a way to survive, whether it's been duping everybody or being a little bit subjective to get somebody else killed instead of them. You know, they've lived through a lot of this horror. So generally, during that time and space, you've had the opportunity to just like pinpoint out your strategy. You know how to put people in the forefront to, to fight your fight for you while you stay hidden and do exactly what you're doing, which can come off as eh, 
<laughs> a little standoffish, especially like if you're a young buck. If it was like, okay, if these things keep coming every seven years and we've never killed them, why do we got to keep sitting here doing this time and time again? Right. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit of that. So you know, the elders are are those who are you know picked and groomed to be an elder, picked by an elder before them. Those are people who never had to fight. You know the people who make the decisions, but not necessarily out there doing any of the fighting themselves. So, right. you know, there, there is that difference. And then there's just that circle of secrecy of, you know, we're the ones always put in danger, but you're the ones who seem to know all the information. Mm-hmm. And then there's just that struggle of like, okay, I feel like, you know, I'm out here fighting, but do I know everything about why I'm fighting? Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's where a little bit of that comes into. So, you know, there's definitely that dynamic coming into play of, you know, that, High class versus working class, and just oh, there's a so there's so there's a lot of classism going on. So they have a hierarchy, and they're basically working. The working class within the village has been taking up arms for the past seven years, getting themselves annihilated. People losing family members left and right, while you just sit up here in this damn castle. <laughs> kind it's of a nice castle, as we'll get to see. I'm sure it is. You know what I'm saying? If I've had the opportunity to build this up and not fight for the for the past, what, 50, 60 years and everything, yeah, of course my shit gonna be nice. I ain't got to fight nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Word. So, um, as far as issue one, uh, for one, I will say congratulations because you were able to fund it in one day. I believe you're very close na- as of now. Yeah. Yeah, Set like, a higher goal, still close. <laughs> like, you're close right now. I remember when we got on, I think within the first three hours, you were done, done. And then even so, uh, you've had the opportunity to partner yourself with Black Sands uh, Publishing. You're now on their app. Yes. I actually, because I, I have the app, and I saw it on there. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so what What has been the reception like since it's come out? Um towards everybody involved once they've they've grabbed their kickstarters they've had the ability to review it and just basically like um give you feedback on what they like about the story yeah i've definitely gotten a lot of positive um i think one of the 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 most important things to me was making sure that matthews came came across right um it's one thing to build a, a a likable character who just has a very likable personality but with Matthias, it's in that hard space of I'm building a character who, by all means, is not necessarily likable. You, you know, he comes out the gate getting in fights with other people, you know. And but still, I have to make at least give him some sense of, you know, why should we care about this person um, right. and getting that across. And um, I know Super Serious Comics did uh, a full review of issue one. Nice. Um, and reading that, I could just tell like that came across exactly how I wanted it to. Probably better than like I was like, their words are even better than what I had in mind. Like <laughs> one of those things where it was like, man, it came across that well. Oh. So now yeah, have that's you been, been one of the biggest things. Now have you you've been able to basically um get your copies out there to a lot of like uh comic book stores and everything, uh as far as in your area? Uh, so, we're opening back up now, so I, that's why I'm I at know. <laughs> So haven't haven't quite got to that stage. So um, next for me is conventions. So okay, getting out there to do a few conventions. I actually had one this weekend in Maryland. So going back, going back oh, home for that. Okay. Um, got got my stuff packed right over here. <laughs> oh, so you like you about to leave? Leave? <laughs> not not quite. Just need to make sure I don't forget nothing. 
Got you. Understood. Yeah, because uh, let's see, I already know. Uh, well, BlurCon's coming up in July. Uh, I know VirtuousCon is is coming up. I think in a couple weeks. Uh, is, but the thing is. Regardless, there is a lot of resources in order for a lot of comic book creators to get their stories in the hands of the people, especially nowadays. And again, yes. with, and with con season opening up, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of traveling. But, you know, if you if you willing to put in the work, man, it is, it, it's fulfilling. Yeah. And I think especially for me, um, I, I, you can tell that some of the people who were making comics before mm-hmm. quarantine and just went to some of these cons and had some connections, you know, they were able to even strengthen some of those connections and, and build up their networks more during this period. You know, I've been able to get somewhat of a network through, through you know, the Black indie community. Um, but I, I think this is really just an opportunity as well, like not only to meet some readers and introduce some readers to the Necros, but just to meet some other creators and network in that way and, and start to make those connections because that, that's also something that can't be uh, understated. This is true. This is true. Now, um, what do we, what do we hope to expect um, from from issue two out of um, Matthias and basically coming into the city of a tune, meeting the elders and letting them know that basically the necros are here a little bit early. Why? Yeah. So uh, issue two, yeah, definitely. You know, first we're looking at what's the aftermath of the end of issue one. So. Um, you know, what is it, what does it mean to Matthias, who's obviously been waiting for, you know, his chance to get out there and fight this beast? What does it mean for, you know, the town now that they they see that something's up? Like, okay, like, the Necros has been coming every seven years for almost 300 years. You know, it's been consistent. There's been no change whatsoever. So this totally throws everything they know out the books, and it's just... Now everybody's looking for guidance, and that's where the elders are supposed to come in, mm-hmm. and that's where we get to see that, okay, maybe there's, there's more to the elders than what they're telling the people, and okay, how does that how does that play out? You know, when it comes to how does you know me as a hunter feel about that, and you know them basically again like I'm just a pawn to whatever scheme they have going on, whatever they have going on. So right. um, that's really where issue two is taking us. Um, you know, I can't promise it won't be another cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, hey, that's what I like to see. Now, aside from the Necros, um, is there any current projects? Are you sticking with dark fantasy? Are you going to step outside the box and want to do uh, do maybe some type of like side stories within the Necros? Or are we going to see something completely left field that we wouldn't expect from you because your opening series has done so well for you? At, that that opens up to the public. Is there something yeah. like 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 a pet project that you was like, okay, I've done dark fantasy, cool. This is a story I've been working on for the past three years. If I was to do something else, it would be what? So, for me, I have what I call four cities, which is just four major projects that I really want to accomplish. Anything else is just like extra. So there's a Necros, which is like dark fantasy, touch of horror. Uh, there's one story that is a lot more horror-based than this. Um, another story that's a lot more action-based that I have. Um, and then one that's like a manga-style uh, shonen type of book. Okay. So, so I have those four. 
think the the hard part for me, I, I took in a lot of uh, one of the series that I loved on YouTube was the Blueprint series that uh, Complex did. Yeah, probably like four or five years ago, probably longer. You know, time yeah. fast. But um, they did an interview with Todd McFarlane, and I feel like a lot of things he said, I've I've like taken to heart when it comes to like some of this comic stuff, like you know. One of the things he talked about was just like how he how we got into the industry, just breaking in and being like, you know, when I came into the industry, I wasn't trying to be like, you know, how can I draw better than Superman? And it was like, how can I draw better than this mid-tier comic that's out? And then let me work myself up. So mm-hmm. in the same way, like I feel like I'm working myself up, um, feeling like I'm I'm getting a hang, like first Kickstarter, got out, feel like for me, I didn't hit my timeline. I was like, I wanted to get them out fast. I wanted to get them in people's hands fast. Okay. So um, some of the issues that came with that is just like, you know, first time actually having to do the production, shipping, all of that. Yeah. I think second round will be a, a lot faster. I mean, from the fact that just like, I'll be able to have the proofs done and set before the project or before the campaign ever finishes. So yep. as soon as the money hits the account, I'm hitting the print button and we're good to go. So I mean, there's there's a lot of lessons learned and lessons still being learned. And I feel like for now, the focus is just keeping on the necros. And Todd McFarlane said, like, you know, for Spawn, he was like, I'm not going to worry about anything else for 50 issues. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing 50, but... (laughs) Hey, um, he was actually right about that. (laughs) But yeah, and I understand that as as I'm going through this. So right now I'm about like a year in from like when I actually sat down and like started... um, actually saying like okay i'm putting this in production hiring artists all of that about a year and so my thought right now is to at least give it until the end of the year where the necros is all i focus on yeah and then open up to those side branches um i do have some side stories within the necros that will probably be thrown in um issue one through eight will be the the first graphic novel out of the three graphic novels and with each graphic novel the plan is also to have a short story that goes with it that, that becomes part of the graphic novel. Kind of like um, a side story that's uh, that's also like based within the within that universe. Exactly. Gotcha. So those those are some some stories that I've been working on right now, um, and then also just you know, even though I may not be in a production mode with any other comic titles, there are definitely some the other titles I've been working on perfecting. You know, starting to script them out in comic form. Okay. So yeah, it's still it's still there. Just right now, necros. Make sure I'm getting it out on time to everybody. Yeah. Uh, making sure I'm keeping up this cadence and once every three months. Uh, I believe there's a lot of value in a in a finished storyline. And of course, you can do a, a lot more things with a finished storyline. Uh, if, if one day was blessed enough to get a to get a movie movie rights or anything like that, yeah. You know, you need a finished storyline for that to happen. Though, so. True. You know, getting these out every three months so I can get through the first eight issues. That's Story's got to end, brother. Yes, so it, yeah, because look, there's been a lot of animes that I watched where midway through, I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> Word. Exactly. Word. Now, if you if you could tell um tell us basically who are the team that basically uh, that that put the book together aside from yourself uh, the illustrator the colorist the letterer uh, yeah let us know yeah so um all artwork in the book in, from the inside pages are through all two media 
So uh, when it comes to the, you know, line work, inks, colors, uh, they're a team out of uh, Nigeria. And, nice. You know, they've been really doing great for you know, couldn't couldn't really ask anybody. So I've been I've been uh, definitely uh, happy with what they've been able to do. Um, and yeah, I've been staying consistent with them. Uh, actually, we are almost done on the inks for issue three. Dope. So, so yeah, we're we're keeping it moving, keeping it progressing. So, how many series are, are we looking? Are we looking for within the necros? Like, how many series are you looking from beginning to end? So, I'm looking at three books. Okay. So, I'm I'm thinking each book will be the same eight issues. I don't know if all eight issues will be the same length. So, okay, so you, we're talking 24 issues. Yeah. Okay. All right. But that's gonna be that's gonna be the complete storyline. So let's Yeah. <laughs> now now let me ask you, is it all all 24 issues? It's already written out. It just needs to be chopped and put into so, those issue forms. One through eight is written out completely. Um, the other two books are plotted. Um and I fought with myself not to write them out completely because I, I like for it to still evolve and not be totally down in paper and set. Right. Um, so I had the general gist, the general storylines, the major plot points. Um, but, you know, every now and then as, you know, as, even as I have some of these conversations, I think the things and I'm like, yeah, I need to touch on this a little bit more. I need to involve this in a storyline. And I let this, the story continue to evolve because I feel like once I, sit down and write it and say put a, put a bow on it then becomes I'm more attached to it and don't want it to change as much versus right now it's still living evolving um, I get to see how people respond to certain things and really get to incorporate them as, as you go along in the future so um, it's not I, I think uh, when it came down to actually writing the eight issues from mm-hmm. the clock to getting the full script out um, probably took me like two months of, you know, sitting down, working on it. So, you know, I'm not too worried about the time, the timeline when it comes to, to getting the next script ready. Uh, we'll probably actually get it done probably the end of this year. So the end of this year, we'll probably have issue four out and I'll probably start actually pinning down some of those scripts. Okay. For, for the next, for the next eight. All right. So the Kickstarter is live right now. And, and you actually only put it up for what sixteen days? That's rare. Yeah. That's, that's confidence. That's rare. Yeah. Like everybody does. Th- <laughs> everybody does thirty days. I was like, um, first time the middle was a big lull, and I was like, I feel like you have the people who want to jump on early. Mm-hmm. And I reward those people because that's all. Like I'm going to day one print. I have some early bird specials I think out there. Right. Um, so even if you don't catch it today, there's some early birds to, to try try and catch. Um, but, you know, I really just want to have that sense of urgency and also just, you know, once it ends, I can I can get more towards the actual getting it in people's hands. Okay. So yeah. I'm excited for that part. And, you know, at, at a point, this is, you know, I, I, I tell people like this, there's, there's no, I'm not selling any physicals besides the conventions in mm-hmm. between the Kickstarter, Kickstarter period. So like, this is for me how I fund the book and also build up a fan base. You know, those are like the main two purposes of doing these Kickstarters. Um, 
you know, when I go to do, you know, the whole like book one Kickstarter, that that's something different. That's okay. Now I'm doing this is the big project, the big shebang. But right now it's like this is how I, I fund it so that we can keep going, we can keep seeing it. Um, but I don't want it to take away too much from the actual right. creation process. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm gonna shorten it down. Okay, I may lose a couple hundred, but honestly, it's like there were so many people who got it up front and, and built it up. And there were so many people who just waited till like the last two days. It was like, well, the last two days is just the last two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause generally through Kickstarter, I mean, it's always like the opening days and like those last couple of days, everybody like gets their biggest piles of contributors during right. that time. All right. Well, well, bro, I, I, once again, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put it there early. Cause right now you're sitting, you, you, your pledge goal was 2000. You're sitting at 1460. So I'm going to congratulate you early in the game again, because, uh, the, it I pretty much this is a wrap. It's gonna it's gonna be funded. You're gonna get Necros the Necros two in your hands. Uh within 15 days of that, he's going he's going to the printer. <laughs> so yes, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna make sure that you get this as early as possible. So Deontay, I appreciate you being here. Thank you again. You know what I'm saying? Um, if anybody wants to reach out to you and uh Basically, get book one because uh, you said you're you basically going to be uh, heading to conventions. But if they wanted to get issue one in their hands, how can they contact Soapbox Creative and get get a copy for themselves? Yeah, yeah. So um, the website soapboxcreates.com. Uh, you can always grab the digital issue one up there. Um, when it comes to the Kickstarter period right now, uh, we have issue one as an add-on. So if you want to get that physical copy of issue one, definitely visit the Kickstarter. Um, and we also have uh, in the trainer package, um, you can get not only issue one, the physical copy, but uh, the physical or the prints that were also in there. So you missed out on the posters. Right. You can catch those posters in there. So Okay. Um, and those are the two places you can, you can uh, catch up on issue one. Dope, dope. Well, for everybody here at the Facts Project and Deontay Colbert, please get out here and get issue one of the Necros part one and go to Kickstarter right now and see issue two of the Necros because it's coming faster than you think. It seems like these eight issues are just going to be flying off the shelves. You're probably going to be doing like three projects within 2021 and then a whole nother three. Man, you yeah, you'll you'll get this out as quickly as possible. But uh. Thank you for being here. This has been Dope Facts Project. We are out.